0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash Kennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush.
2: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Wide Men Can't Jump. This, of course, is not Nate Bush. This is Tim D. filling in as uh, we've got an Internet issue up in the hills of West Virginia, and Nate is unable to get on the podcast. Um, we also have been unable to get a hold of Mr. Robinson, or he's late. Um, So what we're going to do is, uh, Nate and Tom, we're lucky enough to uh, uh, get a a conversation with Mr. Mick Foley earlier today, so we're going to play that now, and we'll catch you on the backside, and uh, have a good listen.
1: All right, this is Wide Men Can't Jump, and we are joined right now by... A huge LeBron James hoops fan and Mister Mick Foley, WWE Hall of Famer, and just all around great guy. Mick, thanks for jumping on with us. And uh, what do you think about Game One and LeBron's performance last night?
3: Man, I, I don't think you can say enough about LeBron's uh, performance. Um, what a heartbreaking loss! If you're a Cavs fan, and I think even if you're an NBA fan, I think you you know, unless you have a vested interest in Golden State, you, you want to see the Cavs. Win that game, and uh, while I'm driving, you know I'm on the road here. I was just thinking about that charge call, and like I, I just don't think I don't think the idea of a replay that close, uh, you know, an arbitrary call where you've got your longtime officials saying yes, he established position. Everything that I know, having grown up with my dad as a longtime basketball coach, tells me that's a charge. And to turn that around, I mean, I just don't like the idea of the referees having that much power. So instead of having a, uh, a team up by two with 30 seconds to go, 36 seconds to go, and the ball in their possession, it's suddenly a tie game. And, uh, you know, we all know the rest. Uh, certainly appeared that uh, J.R. Smith thought there was uh, – thought, the, uh, thought the Cavs were up by one. I don't know if the official story is out, but it certainly looked like he was dribbling off the clock. And uh, so it was it was a heartbreaking loss, but
0: it was it was a great basketball game. Yeah, uh, TR here, Mick. I, I, I agree on everything you said. I for some reason it was like the to me like Austin Bret Hart, where it was a double turn over the last four years where I loved the the Warriors with the Splash Brothers and the whole vibe, and LeBron has really you know, grown on me this year. It took 15 years for me to finally be you know, an unbridled uh, LeBron James fan so to speak. So I'm rooting for the Cavs even though they're under man. And to see that they could have stole one in Oracle and for all intents and purposes I, I hated the, the reversal of the call and they posted the rule and it's more about the, the premise of that rule implemented is more about being in the block or not being and then you know the last line says it needs to establish position and other referee type people have said that uh, it's not the same rule as college where he has to be planted so there's I agree that was that was the first of a a minor heartbreak to tie the game for me personally and then uh, George Hill who's kind of being left off the hook missed a foul shot but a lot of people miss foul shots but you know, that could have put them up one and not put J.R. Smith in that position. And uh, it reminded me of Chris Weber back in, in Michigan calling that time. Oh, yeah, Michigan. Like...
3: And Chris Weber's still trying to uh, limp down something he did when he was, what, 19 years old? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I, and uh, I was thinking about the LeBron James, you know, the eye poke. And I'm like, anyone else but Trayvon Green? I'm thinking it's an accident. I'm not think. I'm not saying he went for the eye, but I mean he wasn't even close to the arm, like
0: yeah. anyone
3: else. I like, give him the benefit of the doubt. I say he wasn't going for the face, but I gotta say uh, uh, that's questionable to me. And uh, he did get the one tech, but I mean you're talking about possibly he, you know creating an injury that could what affects the guy's vision, affects his game. I just uh, I don't I don't like dirty play. Um, And I think there have been rule changes implemented, you know, to protect the shooter, uh, that are good. But, uh, you know, there's a reason I guess why guys like, uh, Kareem had the goggles. Yeah. You don't want to see LeBron resorting to a pair of goggles because somebody like green is going for his eyes, but it looked to me like he was going for his face, whether or not he intended to poke his eye. I don't know. I don't, I haven't heard a statement from green, but it looked like a cheap shot. And, uh, and, um, i think given his history
0: you have to i have to guess that it was intentional yeah i mean nate nate you can you can tell mick that neither of us are big draymond fans as far as his uh approach to the game
1: no not at all draymond's uh he's an old school punk in the new school nba so draymond does he rubs me the wrong way big time but uh one thing Draymond can do, and I'll give him credit where credit is due, is the man can play defense. Uh, he's a very good oh, yeah. defender. Yeah. And um, that's, that's something I've noticed with Draymond Green. He's a really good defender. Um, and he actually, somebody noted on Twitter last night, I can't remember who it was, but they did note, that when Draymond Green, he's a better shooter when he's in a hurry because he overextends his knees on the bend when he comes up <laughs> and he's wide open and he misses more shots when he's open. That's, that's what,
3: what I, I that's I'm just reading. Really re- that's a, that's a really interesting point. Uh, you know, last night, I, I, you know, the Cavs had all they could ask. You know, um, uh, um, not everyone was shooting well from three. You know, I think that the, the Golden State as a team was, you know, right around 30, 33%. I mean, they had their, they had their chance. Like we said, we could have stolen one. And I'm not taking anything away from Golden State. They're a great team. And I think you're right. There has been like a double switch. And I remember when I was actively rooting against for LeBron uh, when he was with Miami. And the turning point for me was when I really started to see some of the hatred that people were spewing at LeBron, including right. people I knew. And I was like, he's a, he's a human being, man. Like, like stop wishing harm on him or death on him. You know, my like my son asked me last night, he was like, Dad, you hope that uh, Thompson's hurt? I was like, no, I don't hope he's hurt. He's like, even a sprained ankle? I was like, no, I hope he misses a couple threes. But I don't want the Cavs to win because somebody's hurt. Like, that's not the way I go. But, it, uh, you know, Tom, you, go, you remember me going way back to ECW where I thought that fans were a little cold-blooded in what they expected, uh, I don't. I don't want to see anybody hurt. I don't want an injury to cause be the difference between, um, um, you know, a one and a loss. I want the I want the Cavs to win. Um, I think uh, LeBron has been criminally underrated by a certain percentage of fans. Uh, and um, and it's well, another thing that's amazing to me is uh, this is it's funny. I have these in depth talks with my son, who I should thank for getting the NBA league pass because. This year, I was solely a playoffs fan. Um, And this year, instead of watching Raws and SmackDowns, we were tuned into a Celtics game almost every night. If the Celtics weren't playing, then we were watching pretty much the the Cavs, Golden State, the Rockets, you know, like uh, the the five or six top teams. And, um, sorry, can you hear my GPS talking to me? Yeah,
0: we're good. We're good.
3: (laughs) All right. Yeah, we're having a pretty in-depth talk about something I I now can't remember since my GPS threw me off track, so save me from drowning here, Tom.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, man. I just wanted to – we were talking – I was going to bring it up when you finished your point about them anyway. um, We had talked off-air about uh, the fact that your son got you back into it, which is cool. Um, Basketball and wrestling, to me, have always been like, uh, I guess, uh, you know, my – Wife and mistress of uh, as an analogy, uh, I played hoops and all that kind of stuff and what have you. And uh, you know, I, I I did wrestling podcasts, but it's it's so weird. Like uh, a guy, I think you know, Sean Grandy. Do you know Sean? Oh, I love Sean. Yeah, he was our first yeah, yeah six.
3: No kidding. He yeah, was our radio Celtics radio play by play. Great, great voice.
0: Yeah, he was our first guest, and it's weird. Uh, a lot of people that were involved in pro wrestling from back in the day have ended up with careers, or you know what I'm doing—just hobbies, et cetera, With the NBA, I, I don't know the, what the similarity is,
3: but um, well, hey, here's 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 this is not necessarily a theory, but something to think about is you would more so than football, a lot of the WWE greats and wrestling greats have been. Good basketball players. Uh, point. You would think that, yeah. I mean, um, I've been told there've been some incredibly, you know, back in the day, some incredibly competitive games because Undertaker was a Division One uh, player. I mean, that doesn't feed into his, his character <laughs> at all. So thankfully, you know, you don't have I've Got a basketball background on him, but uh, Kane was a very good player. DDP. Uh, Played it may have been community college, but he was a darn good player at the community college level. I think the Godfather put up like 50 points in a high school game. So you had some guys who were uh, very athletic, very good. You know, uh, Kevin Nash was a, a Division One player uh, for Tennessee and played professionally in Europe. And uh, you know, these guys then when they put on some uh, some uh, some muscle mass, they're great athletes. Um, and that, for some reason, maybe in the hand-eye coordination, I don't really know, but it seems to lend itself to professional wrestling in an odd way.
0: Yeah, and Nate, who did we have? We had a couple players, right, Nate? Uh,
1: um, what
0: what wrestlers ahead, did we have? Well, I know we had Jarrett.
1: Jarrett, Ron Fuller-Wells. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett was, was
3: good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett was a very good
3: uh, high school player. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, uh, T R. Did you know that uh I uh I led the uh the <laughs> I can't even think of what community it was. The recreation summer recreation league. Uh with over I won the uh a foul shooting when I was thirteen, the overall summer foul shooting championship at eighty percent as a thirteen year old where you would shoot ten wow. foul shots every day. They would mark them down. So I have a hard time convincing my 15-year-old that I used to be a decent player because there's no evidence of that whatsoever now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, I will argue that I could never drive the lane and score in an NBA game, but that given open three-pointers, I could put in 15 to 20%. And he's like, no way, Dad, you don't have the chest strength. They're like – I'm pretty sure I have the chest strength to throw something up from 24 feet, you know. I said, you give me a week to practice, and I'll put in 20% of those shots. Uh, And I don't know, I don't mean to sound cranky like back in my day, but, uh, you know, my dad was a coach. He always, you know, he loved the idea of passing around going for the best shot. And, uh, you know, I go back to uh, the the Will Thorough movie, (laughs) Semi-Pro. Oh, yeah, that (laughs) was fun. Andre 2000 or whatever, Damon, he, he gives up an uncontested free throw to take a three pointer with five people guarding him. And the reason it's <laughs> funny is because it's not actually that ridiculous that there are examples, right. you know, where guys are taking three pointers with two guys guarding them. There's nobody underneath the rim for a, for a, a, a rebound. And it is considered a high percentage shot. These the guys are so deadly from long range these days.
0: Yeah, I mean the the fundamentals are lost. I mean, if 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 your father was a coach, I, you remember all the the uh, free the importance of a free throw
3: for one. And yeah, uh, I, would, I wouldn't know, say they're I wouldn't say they're lost. I'd say they have been built upon greatly. You know, like you, my dad when he went to the, um, the Long Island uh, championship. Long Island, had some good basketball. I was really. Uh, Lucky that he was the chairman of Suffolk County Basketball. So I grew up attending these games, these marathon games at our high school. Everything from you know, the, you know, when I'm about the just the size of the school to to A, where I got to see like Jeff Ruland play as a freshman, and got to see the McRae brothers uh, play high school, and Matt Doherty went on to play uh, in the NBA. I got to see them play in play in the uh, high school championship. Uh, geez, the uh, Babylon and uh, North Babylon teams had these incredible powerhouses. Uh, I know I'm probably talking gibberish to a lot of people out there, but um, yeah, I really, yeah. Uh, really love the game and respected it. Can you still hear me?
0: Yeah, that's that's great talent. Yeah. I mean, I I was a fan of all those guys, Rodney McCray and and Matt Doherty. It's because uh, you know, I Nate's 28, but I, I'm I'm up there at 48, so I remember all those <laughs> all those dudes. Oh yeah, um, my dad's
3: comment. My dad's comment when he went to you uh, know my dad unfortunately passed away I think nine nine years ago. Um, but when he went to one of the games, I was like, "How was?" He was like, "A lot of one hand passes," you know. So uh, <laughs> cause back in the day, it was all the two hand chest pass, you know, with the uh, with the uh, thumbs pointed out. I, I went to one Celtics game this year, and uh, and and they got me some great seats, so a ball came to me and I gave it back to the rep with the old classic two-hand chest pass with the backspin <laughs> on it, you know. And I, I said they were playing the box, and for like three months, they told my son that Jay Kidd looked at me, and he was like like, like motioning with the thumbs out. And then I revealed <laughs> to him, no, Jason Kidd made no, such, uh, <laughs> made, made no maybe, such gesture to me.
0: Jason Kidd, maybe you should have gave a look-away pass, and then you got a better look with him. <laughs> but,
3: uh, hey, before I go, could I tell you how Vince Carter uh, reestablished me as a hero in my son's eyes? Absolutely, sure. All right, this is I will I I've done well. If you're going to drop names, it's not like you go on and drop Jeff Ruland and Matt Darty and Scooter and Rodney <laughs> McRae as typical names to drop. Um, but uh, we were watching this great documentary about Vince Carter and the impact he had on uh, Toronto and. Canada as a whole, as far as basketball went, and I was watching it, and I just happened to mention that I used to know Vince, and my son's like, "You didn't know Vince Carter?"
1: So I go <laughs> to social media.
3: I'm like, "I'm going to take one chance," and my my oldest son backed me up. Huey claims, my youngest claims, I sounded desperate for attention, and my only my oldest, like, he wrote, he sent one tweet. It wasn't like he badgered him. I was like, "Hey, at Vince Carter, you know, Mr. Carter, thirty, whatever his Twitter handle is." Can you help me out here? My uh, youngest son doesn't believe that I, that I I know you. You know, like uh, you know, help that out. And within an hour, it was like you know, he was like, "Hey, my man, you and I go all the way back to my Jersey days." You know, <laughs> and uh, and I was right. And the other and the other one was that got me over was uh, uh, during the the Thunder Pelicans series, which is getting pretty physical. I put out a tweet, you know, and with all the right hashtags, you know, hashtag NBA playoffs. Had the two teams tagged in there. It was like, you know, seems to be some bad one between the Thunder and Pelicans. No short of his intensity in these NBA playoffs. And like 15 minutes later, you know, the term, you know, the wrestling term, marking out, right?
1: Yeah, I, yeah.
3: I marked out because because I see my tweet on the uh, NBA post game show, and I <laughs> and I <you> know, hear. <laughs> And I hear Shaq say Mickey, and then they come back, and Charles Barkley goes, Yeah, Mick Foley was great at his job. And I go, Please tell me we're still recording this. You know, thinking of myself. So we, uh, I, I was recording it. And the next morning, I wake up to hear my son. He's going nuts. And it's not even that. It's not even that post game show. It's NBA TV with with three completely different hosts and they played, They put the same tweet up there, and I hear, well, I can't believe that's on TV. It's like nothing I did in WWE even matters to him. It's just all about <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that the people that he looks up to still remember who the heck I am.
0: Yeah, I only have one, and she's 21, and obviously on a lower level than you've accomplished in things. But just this show, for instance, I, I was like, you know, can you – spread the word amongst your friends or whatever. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, you still doing that comedy thing or something? I'm like, no, NBA. It's been an NBA show for seven months. (laughs) And they're like, you know, what's your dad doing? I'm like, can you – I'm giving her cards and trying to get – so uh, to make this make sense, she's uh, like a a waitress bartender at a place called Bonefish Grill, free plug. Yeah, Um,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: But – she she did a golf outing with a uh, local guy, Michael Barkan, who's in the media. And Jason Peters of the Eagles was there golfing. And she got a picture with him right. because he was wearing an Iverson jersey. And she put trust the process on her caption picture <laughs> with an eagle.
3: <laughs>
0: she just does not care. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's like i I feel you and i can't imagine at your level the biggest people to get over with are are like the kids it's it's the same thing on a lower level with me um do you have anything for for mick before he has to roll because he's on the road nate
1: yeah uh one thing here and i'm going to dive i i know we And thank you for giving us your time mr foley um talking basketball um I actually live in the state of West Virginia, which is where your first wrestling match ever took place, uh, Poca, West Virginia, sure if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, uh, we no, actually Polka,
3: we... It was Clarksburg. Poca is oh, famous Clarksburg. for being the town where I I counted the twenty six fans when I had Shane Douglas in a <laughs> in a, in a it was rear chin lock. So there were twenty six people in Poca, but the first match was in Clarksburg.
1: Okay, that's great. Have you have you been back? Uh, around the area since then. I know you got your, your one-man show going on. You're going to be in Pittsburgh uh, for the last night of that. Yeah, and yeah. The infamous, uh, you want to tell us be, about your show? That'll be
3: exciting because, yeah, it'll be 20 years to the date of the uh, of the cell match. And so we uh, booked 20 shows in, in North America. And uh, it seemed, you know, people were like, wait, you're going to talk about one match, an entire, an entire show, or one match. And I think it's head and shoulders above anything I've done before. It's almost like in wrestling, you know, I think Tr can speak to this. You know, you get up on a stage with a microphone, and it's a big, wide world where you can talk about anything. And it's almost like telling, you know, a good athlete who's been to wrestling school, yeah, you can do any move. You can talk about anything on the microphone. And then the guy gets lost because there's no sense of guidance there. So... (laughs) <laughs> by restricting myself to one night, you know, and the implications of that night. Uh, it's it's really allowed me to hone in on the details. It's been my favorite yeah. show to do. It's like, uh, it's a shame that I've been restricting myself to 20. So we're going to do some shows in um, in uh, Australia. The only uh, two cities we have uh, tickets left are uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, and uh, Boston. And unfortunately, Ticket has had some type of hacking issue. So if people want tickets to those shows they're listening, they can call the. Uh, they can actually call, they go onto my website realnickfoley.com, and actually call the show, call the venues the old school way, you know, and make reservations. It's obviously a pain in the neck, but I've really I've really enjoyed doing it, and uh, we'll probably go back out on the road in a couple of years. But it's been uh, a great pleasure to go out there and uh, share these stories with the fans.
1: You know, I spoke to Jim Ross over the weekend. Uh, he was doing a meet-and-greet down here in Charleston, and he had mentioned that he actually wanted to um, possibly be at your last show in Pittsburgh since he was there and calling it that night and maybe get his reaction. So I don't know if you had uh, even heard about that, um, that he had put that bug in the ear of the public. So just thought I would mention and it that. Man, it would be awesome.
3: Um, my, my hope is that WWE will um, – uh, there's been some talk about them filming it. Um, and That'd be then great. if they do, then, you know, if they have the budget to, you know, to to bring a couple of uh, great guests in. that would be a really a majestic way to end that uh, the U.S. tour.
0: Awesome. Um, I uh, If you can't get good old JR, good old TR comes for about 50 bucks. <laughs> so, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just some Josh. people are like,
3: hey, can you get the Undertaker out there? I'm like, look, I'm not asking. Like, uh, if through some divine miracle, you know, he shows up, <laughs> that would be fantastic. But uh, I'm not going to be the guy uh, posing that question, you know. Uh, but it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a really fun night. Uh, Nita Strauss, who played Nakamura's music uh, at uh, WrestleMania, is going to be actually playing my music on stage um, oh wow! Real because part of part of what I talk about is the fact that I, you know, I was not expected to be a success in WWE, and uh, therefore was not given any kind of grand entrance, you know,
0: like <laughs>
3: possibly <laughs> the dreariest you know entrance music of all time. Never any pyrotechnics or dry uh, nothing, you know, absolutely nothing in the way of special stuff. So it'll be really cool for. uh is a good friend there's an amazing guitarist and uh, she's going to play
1: the heck out of uh, my music when I'm up there. Uh, just, well, hopefully just she can pro- play r- the exit music. Hopefully she can play the exit music. You were the only pro wrestler that I know that had entrance music and <laughs> exit music.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was an idea I pitched to Mr. McMahon and I pitched a whole bunch of ideas. I had no idea what, um, if he was going for any of them. I knew he was writing them down and uh, it wasn't until my debut match, I came out, and, uh, man, they took my idea for the name, they took my idea, you know, for the exit music, it was, uh, you know, I was really lucky, I had some experience under my belt, so I even thought I could uh, pitch ideas to a larger-than-life character like Mr. McMahon.
0: Yeah, I I was going to say real quick, um, with that Nakamura music, I... You know, I, I still watch all the time, not not in the same way I used to, but uh, the Nakamura theme, like, I pop more for that than I think any theme in 10 years, 15 years. I used to just blast that on my uh, Pandora when I would, uh, well, I haven't worked out that much, but when I would work out, that would be much. I just love that song.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, and it's amazing. You know, Nita played uh, my music when I was in uh Pasadena, California in a small club real historic club called the Ice House and, uh, and she, it's funny because I don't know the first thing about playing guitar but I kind of know what I want to hear and she was like you know, I was thinking of starting with Nakamura's music fading into yours and she goes but do you think people will you know, might think he's a special guest I'm like nah, not in the beginning of the show I know we've announced a special guest it turned out to be Becky Lynch, and just hearing her play, you know, at sound check, like it was yeah. such a thrill. And then, uh, you know, it, it didn't matter that it was in front of 180 people, and not in front of 20,000. Like it was one of the biggest days of my life, and that's even without knowing that Beverly D'Angelo was in the audience. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was. It's been a great, it's been a great tour. I maybe drove myself a little too hard. I've been battling pneumonia. That's, few weeks, but that seems to be clearing up, you haven't heard me cough or anything in this interview, so uh, I'm about uh, five miles from my next stop on the road, and uh, it's really been a pleasure to talk basketball, a little bit of wrestling with you guys. Yep,
0: Thank I you. appreciate Thank it you as you so always, much. and the favors yeah, hopefully are I come 200, across as,
3: yeah, I don't come across too much like a crotchety, I don't know if that's the correct adjective, uh, cantankerous old man uh, wishing for the way things used to be, do I? I mean I still
0: I no love
3: the, uh, I, love, I love the current product. I honestly don't know what I'm gonna do in the playoffs end like uh, I um, I'm gonna find that you know we're gonna get into the summer league, we're gonna watch the women's league, I'm gonna get involved with my uh, local g league. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I love the idea that like, you know, this, this is you know the NBA has become to me and my son what you know WWE was for us for so many years. So uh, I'm really glad it got me interested. I do hope the Cavs pull it out, but I'm 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 hoping for a, a great, a, just a great series.
0: Yeah, same here. I, I'm a, I'm rooting for LeBron. It's an uphill battle, hopefully we'll see what we did last night. Um, thanks, Mick. Uh, Nate, uh, uh, give Mick a plug and say, send it home.
1: Uh, well, you guys definitely need to check out Mick Foley's uh, one-man show coming to a city near you, Poughkeepsie and Boston. Or Poughkeepsie, I'm, I have an accent, so overlook me. Uh, in New York and Boston are definitely um, need to get your tickets now while you can. They're available. Check out Mick online. He's on Twitter. And Mr. Foley, from a personal standpoint, is a 28-year-old who grew up watching you in the Attitude Era. It is an honor to speak with you. Uh, we met once before at a meet-and-greet convention, but uh, it is an honor to speak with you again. Thank you, sir, for coming on.
0: Hey, hey thanks a lot. My pleasure. Welcome Thank anytime, you, sir. Mick, all right? Anytime. All right, we'll see you later. Thank you.
2: And there you have it. An unbelievably awesome interview with Mick Foley by the boys. Are The boys, are you on
1: the air? I know I am. Is Big Nate there yet? Motherfucking um, group down here we in go. West Virginia, the fucking internet fucking providers down here can kiss my ass and suck my dick at the same fucking time. Yes, I'm here.
0: No. I, I, guess, I guess we should, uh, we should edit that. Rent out and it was going to re-listen with his son jeez mate you sound like me with that potty mouth I understand the sentiment though
1: well you know I get everything set up earlier We, we did the interview with Foley thank God it was earlier today we did the interview with him and he was great by the way thank you Mick if you're listening out there thank you so much for coming on you know we really did appreciate it and TR and I handled that and Tim tried to call in and we didn't let him because we don't like we don't let Canadians talk to National holy. Yeah, like but uh, we, you know we uh, we did the interview earlier and I was editing it down and I was getting ready for i DJing a, a wedding tomorrow so I was getting all that ready. And thank God I got everything done early because when I went into my house this evening after I was doing some stuff outside, I went into my house and I go to the computer and no internet, none. I try to call. I try to call the place that, that offers the Internet, which uh, they're about as nice to talk to as customer service in India. Uh, I talk to them, and they don't answer. They just give a, they give a nice automated recording that says, uh, sorry, sir, your uh, Internet. Uh, we're experiencing an outage, and you're here. So I think I'm on a landline because I don't have cell phone service at home, so I can't call in from home because I have to have cell phone service to make a phone call. Small landline at my house I try to call Autumn And I, and she goes I have no internet at my house either It's a county wide internet outage And I'm like son of a bitch What happened It didn't even rain hard earlier What the fuck happened So I get in my car and I take Dude. off down the road Because i got to call Tim Because he won't answer my landline call So I go down the road and i got to call Tim And i got to get to somewhere with cell phone service so I can call into the show tonight Because I'm not going to be able to do the – I'm not going to be able to do what I do with Skype on my computer because, you know, the Internet just decided to take a vacation. And so I finally get here, and then when I get here to Autumns where I actually have cell phone service, I get a text message from uh, my mom saying, hey, the Internet's back on at the house, by the way. So welcome to my world, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Tim, do you have a comment? I do.
2: Do you now, uh, Tom, do you now know what you sound like some days?
0: Oh, you're a mind reader. Uh, I was <laughs> going to say, it's it's Friday, and the, there were two... There was an original way back in the day, and then a remake with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Freaky Lohan Friday. of people, Freaky Friday, spi- switching places, <laughs> with Nate, first of all, coming on with Profanity, which is unlike Nate and much like myself. And then secondly... He made the crack about customer service in India, which I don't know yes. slightly could be uh, could be taken the wrong way, could, uh, could which be. sometimes my comments are. So I think Nate and I have switched uh, bodies somehow.
2: Nate Bush.
1: Yes.
0: Do you know
2: <laughs> the number eight five five forty two seventy eight? I do. As we put that is out that live some... on the
1: air for anybody to make a phone call. Well, is
2: that some <laughs> well sure. If you're getting to phone in, why not? That's caller or...
1: that's caller Jeff.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know
1: that. Uh, All right.
2: Right. Well, we can... Would you like me to put call... would you like me to put caller Jeff on the air then? Your call. Well caller Let's talk Jeff. Talk about has been the waiting NBA patiently. game
1: one
0: recap. With Jeff. Well,
2: he'd probably want to talk about that, doesn't he?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. bring him on. Okay, because he's been waiting for 15 minutes, so. Because <laughs> he phoned in the middle of the interview. Okay. There we go. Caller
4: Jeff, you are on. Hey. Jeff, what's happening, buddy? Well, I just listened to Mick the last 10 minutes. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you he wanna was have great, Ricky, wasn't he? You want to have Ricky Steamboat next?
0: You never know. <laughs> uh a lot of people uh, that, that we, between me and Nate and Tim, we we know a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life, and if if they like hoops, and Mick surprised me, he had a lot of information about other guys and stuff. I thought he was very funny. Great, it was great appearance. I thought.
4: Yeah, I I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, just listened to him, and uh, I didn't know I didn't know until Nathan said it that his first uh, uh, match was in uh, West Virginia. I never knew that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, that's a fun little trivia fact there. If you ever need to, if you're ever out at a bar somewhere and someone asks what was McFoley's first match where did it take place, now you know. <laughs> Nate's hey, back Jeff, is, your, is your internet out? Is
0: your internet out? Is Nate talking to Jeff or like a random guy passing a house? No, they Jeff. put the
2: phone down and is uh, yelling out the window uh, of his uh,
0: car. Uh, no.
4: no, your
1: internet's working.
4: Uh, as far as I know. Uh,
1: so. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad it's working for you, because it sure as hell ain't working for me on my end.
0: Oh, wine, bitch, wine. <laughs> uh, we, we started off with such with probably our, our most well-known guest ever. That's such so a positive, beautiful. wonderful piece. Uh, funny, uh, a nice family story, et cetera. And angry Nate bring, brings the tone down. Let's. Let's bring it back up, Nate. You don't need internet. You're still the the man. So let's talk about game one. Yeah. Who wants to go first? matter. Well, should I, I go uh, first? No, no volunteers. Sure.
4: Well,
0: okay. Go for right. it. Well, as as I saw it last night, I made it known when Jonathan Hood was on uh, another name drop. We had him on the flagship show from ESPN Radio, ESPN 1000. Great guy. Um, we all kind of thought, Warriors, I went as far as to say, and it hurts me to say, but it may even be a sweep, but I openly want to root for LeBron James because his playoff performance has been nothing short of sensational. He's got a a very weak supporting cast, et cetera, et cetera. And damn if he didn't deliver it, a guy scored 51 last night. Had his team in it. Granted, Golden State didn't play their best ball, but they are home at Oracle, and sometimes they take the night off. And if they could steal that one, which they had the opportunities that we already kind of went over with Mick about, um, and I say Mick with an M as in Mary. It sounded like I called him Nick a couple times, I guess. But Mick Foley, I went over that with him, uh, the the reverse call, the missed free throw, and then the J.R. Smith running to God knows where. Um, very frustrating to watch because in the back of my mind, and I'm sure all three of y'all, any basketball fan knew once that that screw-up happened that when it was going over time, they were done. And I I think, Tim, you made a, an analogy off-air, which I want you to share uh, about the like the NHL in that kind of situation. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> Did I?
0: <laughs> about uh, the empty net type thing and –
2: not, all right, I'm I'll do it sure. for you. Never mind, I'll you keep do it talking. For me, yeah, because I I don't remember.
0: You uh, yeah, we talked about difference. how how all the the, the team loses its oomph uh, when you're up and a, somebody scores a goal within the last 20 seconds and then you got to go. No, to well that really team. didn't have
2: anything to do with empty netters. That was just when you give up a late one. You know when you when you when you got the lead and you you fight fight and fight and keep the lead and then you get scored on late. Uh, it's just impossible to forget that late goal. You try to regroup. You try to, you know. Okay. Well, don't worry, boys. We just, you know, we had them. Let's just keep doing what we were doing. It it never works, or very rarely does it work. Usually the the you end up losing in overtime. So, which is what happened in the basketball game.
0: Yeah, I I mixed up the the sides of the deal. You know, I'm I'm a very casual NHL fan. Empty net, well, the, et cetera the empty response. netter
2: reference was was like the free throw was in regards to the free throws is
0: that right, somebody right, needs right. to
2: know what's going on when those kind of plays are happening. But we'll get to that later. But.
0: So I kind of knew then. So that was my, you know, this this sucks. They could have stole one in Oracle. And uh, even Nate predicted that game three was a possibility, probably still is, uh, their first game at home to steal one. All of a sudden it could be a six-game series. And with the volatility of Draymond Green – uh, Iguodala's uncertainty, and uh, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Clay Thompson got ran into by accident or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe we didn't mention it earlier. I'm, I'm losing track, but I mean that was that was actually an accident on J.R. Smith's part, not a bad play, uh, dirty play as some suggested. Um, the floor was slippery. I, I noticed him going for a steal, and he he just kind of lost his feet footing. Uh, however, all that combined, the Warriors still are up. One zero. Uh you know now it's kinda like I don't know what to think. I mean I, I know what to think. But I'm still gonna root for Cleveland every single game. Uh I I, I you know, sadly I, I don't think they're they can win four games out of six now, so uh but good luck to Cleveland. I'm gonna be rooting for you. And you guys can comment whoever wants to.
2: Anybody? Okay, sorry. I'll
4: go. I, I uh don't oh, think, think it's gonna going be ahead. I'm like you, I I think it's gonna be hard to overcome. Uh, you know good and well, that was a psychological blow, as we all know. It was pretty much over uh in the overtime after uh he made his uh screw up there. But uh yeah, you know, I don't I don't know how you all feel about the uh the the controversial call, the block charge call. But I
0: hated
4: um, it. You know, I, you know the NFL. They usually go by you got to have um, you got to have, I guess, undisputable evidence to overturn something. And I'm not for sure, but they both they, the the officials were both in agreement after they looked at it that uh, it was a block. Now, um, I, I'm not for sure. I mean, let's get. I think we all know this that. The block charge call in in basketball is probably the most difficult difficult call in sports. Probably, sure. I mean, I mean, cause, I mean it's bang bang, uh, you know, it's a bang bang play. But um, a lot of people don't really know the, the. I don't know if you all know, but a lot of people don't know the positions for the officials during the the game. You know, one's the lead, one's the center, one's the trail guy. And uh usually the lead and trail guy are on the uh, ball side of the court, and uh last night, I believe it was the uh, Tony Brothers was the guy that called the block which he was in the center uh, once the drive started but then once Durant came to his side, he became the trail well usually when you go into the uh, lane uh, the lead who uh, that the guy underneath the basket, I believe his name was uh, Ed Molloy. Yeah, uh, was it Ed or was it Ken Mauer? I can't remember. One of the, whoever, which one ever it was, the guy had his hair slicked back. Uh, but anyways, he's called in charge. And many yeah. of the people thought that uh, Draymond obstructed his view. And when that happens, the trail guy actually does, is supposed to make uh, the call. And he may have made the block call thinking that... Uh, the guy underneath the basket couldn't have, couldn't see it, and that's why they both may have made the call at the time. So usually the guy that's got the lane is supposed to make that call, but it's a possibility that where he – a lot of times you know good well players coming through there that their view can be obstructed. Uh, but anyway, I might be.
0: Uh, what is it? Excellent, excellent analysis there, Jeff. Truthfully, I'm, I'm being serious, like because I didn't, I didn't even look at it that way, uh, from a from a, a technical standpoint, from the ref's, uh perspective and point of view, and what have you. But me being cynical, and this may be uh, uh, because I was angry that the Cavs lost uh, in part due to that call. Ed Malloy is from my area of Delaware County, Pennsylvania, and one Tim Donahue who was busted for. Point shaving, <laughs> right, right. It's from our area too. Maybe they called. They didn't really call us a caucus. Maybe they called and saw how much money was on which side. But anyway, that's. I'm joking. I'm. I'm making uh, a joke. Ed Ed Malloy's a great, upstanding referee. And uh, well, but I I I think it was horrible to overturn it in that crucial of a situation.
4: Well, the, the rule is is that you know they can go back and look. And some they brought they brought on TV earlier that uh, there was a. a a Pacers and Thunder game earlier in the year that they overturned a call like that, um, similar. Um, he does it's really rare that it happens, but the you know the reason they shouldn't even they said that the restricted area shouldn't have mattered. But LeBron's last steps, he did he did come off of the line and he was there, but they said that he wasn't in a guarded position. That's what their conclusion was after the game. They talked to Ken Mauer, and they said that they came to the conclusion that. He wasn't, in, although his feet was set, and he wasn't in a guarded position yet. Prior or before that, uh, Durant uh, started his shooting motion. So I, yeah. I don't know, It was it's, it was bang bang, and it's unfortunate for the Cavs. Uh, you know that that play is over almost. I mean, not totally overlooked, but that play is overlooked. Uh, George Hill's missed foul shots overlooked because of what J.R. Smith did. Uh, Kevin Durant's missed blockout. That was a horrible blockout, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that J.R. Smith, uh, somebody six inches shorter, was able to get that rebound over him. I mean, that was horrible. And, uh, you know, those guy, all those guys could have been <clears throat> the GOAT the officials, and, and it seems like J.R. Smith is now. And it's kind of like, uh, not as extreme, but Bill Buckner, he was the GOAT because he missed the ball or whatever. But, you know, a lot of people don't realize that game, it was tied uh, before that happened. Uh, the bullpen already blew it for the Red Sox. Uh, they, the, uh, the manager may have pulled Clemens too soon. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of guys being overlooked as the, the GOAT. Uh, a, lot of blame were, to,
0: yeah. a lot of blame yeah. to go around. I, right, I agree. Right. And for 47 minutes and 30 seconds, other than a couple runs by the Warriors, but the Warriors are going to do that every game. Out of nowhere, they're just going to go on a 10-0 run. But the Cavs held them. They were in the game and in a position to win. And uh, now it's it's like, I don't know, it really, unless we get some kind of miracle, um, divine intervention, <clears throat> it's going to be really hard to replicate that performance for the Cavs. And also, on the flip side, to play not quite as well as their potential at Oracle for the Warriors. So, uh, uh, Nate and Tim, are you both uh, dialed in? Can you either of you comment at this point?
2: Sure. I can always comment.
1: Tim, you do you want to go, Tim? Go, I'll ahead. go ahead.
0: I don't. I don't have as much to say
2: as you probably do, Nate. So I'll go ahead. Um, what I saw okay. out of game on, or what I'm gonna, what I take away from game on. Um, how many times is LeBron James gonna be able to continue to throw that entire team on his back? uh yeah, a performance that, and I'm not a James fan, as you guys know, uh, but he throws up a, perf- a performance for the ages, basically. They still don't win. Uh, the whole scenario there with the uh, George Hill clank in the second free throw, uh, I don't know, I, I guess Tom and I kind of talked about it a bit, that we kind of thought maybe there was uh, a carnival of errors there, and that, of course, he, he's got to make that throw. He's got to make that shot. A. B. Whoever picks up the rebounds got to know what they're going to do with the ball. And C. Why didn't anybody call the timeout? That was the big one for me, and mm-hmm. I still haven't heard. I guess when you go back and actually watch the replay, uh, LeBron starts yelling at uh, Jr. And then he does. It does occur to him, but there's only like about 0.4 of a second left by the time he goes to call for one, and it's too late at that point. But I want somebody to tell me, you guys are more in the basketball star guys than I am, uh, do they not have a play in place for, all right, the game is tied. We have two shots. What are we going to do if we make the first one? What are we going to do if we miss the first one? Did, did nobody, does nobody know? Like, is that not something they do in this sport? Because in hockey, yeah, they I'm not. only –
1: they have a play. Hey, so you can don't take give it. the ball to fucking Draymond. Or don't give the ball to fucking J.R. Smith, apparently that's their play call. Okay, but even cuz I
2: read today that he said he was under the impression that whoever rebounded that ball, somebody would call time, that there would be a timeout called. But nobody called one.
1: Well, so, yeah, and I then that. I don't
2: know if you saw when they asked LeBron, LeBron got so pissed off, he walked out of the press conference.
0: Yeah, because he kept asking them in different ways, something
1: yeah, he heard. Yeah, well, you know. he wanted
2: an answer, and he he couldn't give him one or didn't want to give him well, one. Well, the, you know, the guy's an idiot here, or here's whatever. The but.
1: Here's the thing about the press conference. Um, J.R. Smith told the reporters that he thought a timeout would be called. Now, J.R. Smith told LeBron James, and you can see it on the video on the court. J.R. Smith told LeBron and Tyrone Lewis. Uh, came out and said at the press conference, Jr. thought they were up one. So, somewhere, J.R. Smith is lying. Now, the timeout thing sounds good. Like, oh, you know, J.R. Smith, you know, no, I'm not an idiot. I knew we were tied. I just thought somebody was calling a timeout. No, you moron, you didn't know. You thought you were up one and you were trying to drill no, no, on no. I don't know.
2: I think that's pretty fucking harsh, dude. There's a guy out there who should know what the score is. He's the captain of the team. He's the best player in the league. He ought to know. And, or somebody should. Maybe I won't even put that on LeBron. Somebody on that team needs to know. Him. Maybe it's J.R. Smith, too, but there's still four other guys out there. How come nobody knew? They None of them, I mean, nobody called a timeout. Explain to me why not.
0: I think all, all, of, have, I think all of them you. knew. I think all of them knew except J.R. Smith. And I kind of joked about it when we talked off air last night in my, or it might've been on air when I was just rambling when I was coming (laughs) fresh off being angry about it. But sometimes, you know, that's more pressure than I've ever been under, but sometimes uh, just as a human being uh, you can doubt yourself in that heat of the 3.7 seconds or 4.7 seconds or whatever it may be to where, JR's running the half court. What the hell's the score? Like, he might have, like, messed their brains up from his actions to yeah, where, like, possibly. what the hell is he doing?
4: Yeah. And
0: and you you but by the time you realize it, oh, the guy, you know, I forget who ended up with the ball, maybe Jeff Green. I don't know who took the last shot when the buzzer went Holy off. It was, okay. Um, so, George Hill finally gets the ball when everybody kind of gets their shit together, to, for lack of a better term. And you know it's it's too you know too late, and then the rest is history. To freaking Warriors look like gangbusters coming into the OT, like you know. I just hungry I just felt wolves. like they
2: kind of threw him under the bus, and they should. I mean, whether he was whether it was his fault or not, they shouldn't have thrown him under the bus. Somebody should have taken the heat for it. I kind of Wall is. Left basketball is not handled like hockey. That's when the team captain goes out there and says, look, it was a goof. Uh, Somebody should have called a timeout. That somebody should have been me. Uh, Moving on, because it's nothing you can do at this point anyway. Take the heat and move to game two.
4: I kind of agree with TR. I think the team and I'd say even the officials might have been in shock. If even somebody was calling a timeout, I don't know if they would have got it. Was, well, that's uh, a point. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's that possibility too, because because he had a short
2: jumper. I, 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 I don't know about you guys, but I was sitting there going, like, did I just like slip into the twilight zone for a brief moment? Because right, what's he doing? What the heck is going on?
0: Well, Nate, you, calm, you calm, All right, go ahead, Nate. I was gonna say you calm enough to to respond like the usual, Nate.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Um, here's what I'll say about J.R. Smith. Um, I guess I saw something online today. It was pretty funny. It said, uh had a picture of J.R. Smith, and it said, I thought you had to take it back when it hit rim. So, anybody that's ever played street <laughs> ball, I, I kind of got out of that. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. But, you know, the stat nobody's talking about as to why Cleveland played as well as they played last night. If you look at the stat line from last night, nobody really shot the ball great. LeBron 19-32, that was pretty good. You know, Love went 9 of 20, but everybody else struggled. Um, you know, Larry Nance was 4 of 6, but, you know, Clarkson 2 of 9, Green 3 of 9, Hill 2 of 6, Corver only 1 of 3, and nobody really shot great outside of LeBron. And, Love, Cleveland outplayed Golden State last night on the, on the glass. I looked it up. Um, Cleveland got 19 offensive rebounds where Golden State got four, and then they both got 34 rebounds. So, Cleveland out-rebounded Golden State last night by 15 rebounds. And Golden State did win the turnover battle. However, Cleveland, and, and this is what shocked me, Cleveland came out in the third quarter and hung with Golden State. Now, if you watch the playoffs, Golden State in the third quarter has outscored teams in the third quarter. I think a stat last night was like 122. By 122 points, they've outscored their opponents in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. that is unheard of. Uh, they own the third quarter. I put a post up last night on Twitter where I predicted that Golden State would, would run away with the game in the third quarter because, honestly, Golden State played like crap last night. They did not look good at all, especially shooting from three. Thompson had a good night when he got back in the game and got his bearings. He was you know shot 50%, percent 8 of 16 uh, Durant eight of twenty two. That's not very good shooting for him. Curry was was the guy last night. Eleven of twenty three, and just five of eleven from three. Thompson was five of ten from three. Sean Livingston shot a hundred percent from the floor last night. Four of four. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll I'll give credit where credit is due. J.R. Smith's bonehead play last night saved. JaVale McGee
3: from when he got
1: blocked by the rim.
3: Huh.
1: <laughs> so, uh, JaVale McGee sends, uh J.R. Smith a fruit basket because nobody's talking about JaVale McGee falling last night. But, uh, yeah, there was nobody he around played. him either. <laughs> when he was, yeah. Was, um, one guy that I thought played well last night, he only finished, he finished at minus 10, but that was because he was trying to guard LeBron James <laughs> last night on switch was uh, Looney, Chavon Looney for golden state he he finished uh four or five 80 he only had eight points and four rebounds but honestly i thought he played well for golden state he did what um he had three of golden state's offensive rebounds of their four so he was big on the offensive glass and he's a guy that they're going to have to rely on when tristan thompson's in the game because he's really the only big body they have um he didn't finish it good in the plus minus but he still i thought had a decent game uh we gotta send a search party out for Durant. Durant just did not look great last night. Oh. Um eight to twenty two. Uh, he was nine to ten at the free throw line, so he got nine of his points at the free throw line. If you take those nine points away, he only has fifteen points. So if Durant doesn't get to the stripe, he he only has fifteen points. So if I'm Durant, yeah, he, he's kinda of MIA this series. He hasn't played great. Uh he has not <laughs> played great in the last series. So, Durant's got to step it up for Golden State. Um, LeBron James looked great, though. Um, I think I even discounted how much he's going to have to put that team on his back. But I don't look for Golden State to come out in game two sluggish. They looked sluggish in the first half. Cleveland looked more into it. Cleveland looked like they wanted it more. I think Golden State underestimated Cleveland. And Cleveland shot the ball better in the first half than they did in the entire series against Boston. So... If I'm to State, they're not going to underestimate Cleveland after game one. They're lucky to have gotten the win. And A bonehead play by J.R. Smith, um, you know, it happens. Chris, look at the Chris Weber timeout, and you had the uh, missed free throw by George Hill. And I know a lot of Cleveland fans are blaming the referees. And, and I'll say this about that block charge call. To me, it was a block. It looked like a block. When I looked back at the replay, I thought it was a block. Uh, mainly because LeBron James's right foot was not set When Durant was going in the air His right foot was still moving um, He did not establish position He was outside the restricted area But it looked like a block to me From how I saw it um, And I'll say this At the end of the game The officials tossing Tristan Thompson out of the game That was, that was silly That end of the game fiasco There was no business in that Uh, Tristan Thompson didn't do anything wrong. He didn't deserve to get tossed. And if it affects his game two status, that'll be a shame. Um, I'm impartial in this series because I hate both teams. So I'm not really rooting for anyone. I just want a good series. And we got a good game one. So that's my take on the game last night. Mm. Hmm. Tristan Thompson did take –
0: I mean – Clay Thompson, I thought you meant because I, I kind of breezed through a lot of stuff last night in my in my anger of the result. Um, Tristan Thompson did – there was still time on the clock when he threw a ball at Tremont's head, wasn't there?
1: Well, yeah, but that was that was because of the aftermath. And had they not called that, that wouldn't have happened. Had they not tossed him out of the game, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> so what? <laughs> he still did it. <laughs> Well, he did it, but uh, he was already tossed. to the game. <laughs> it was was ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah,
2: he still did it, though, so it was a dumb
1: move. Well, like, yeah, he still did it, but, like, here's the thing. He got tossed out of the game before that. He shouldn't have got tossed for that. Now, if he had done the, the basketball thing to Draymond, and honestly, I would donate to getting, you know, I'd, if he had, if he got fined, I'd donate to his GoFundMe Go to help pay the fines for throwing a ball at Draymond Green's head doing me a favor. Um, but he he didn't. He was tossed out of the game for trying to block a shot that Sean Livingston shot. So I, well, I, don't, there,
0: I don't. get has there has there been an official uh, rule? He's not kicked out or suspended from any game or anything, right?
2: <laughs> they haven't said yet. So. They love love is not has not been. He got away with or not got away with. He was not uh, not given a suspension for coming out onto the court because apparently he was already out on the court, which I'm still not quite sure about that. But that
0: was the explanation anyway. So. It, was a whole, it was a whole mess, man. But I got one one thing that uh, I forgot about that maybe hasn't been pointed out today, and then uh, I'll kick it to Jeff, uh, to get a good comment. Um, while I was watching, what angered me, and I said, this is going to come back to haunt it, and, you know, you can – You could say, you know, the tide would have turned differently and you can't predict what's going to happen or whatever. But if you followed my Twitter, almost every big play at halftime or going to halftime, LeBron James had the ball with uh, 20-some-odd seconds left and decided instead of milking the clock and isolating as low as he could get it and making him go to the half with the last shot, he decided to facilitate, which is, again, the right basketball play, so to speak, at times, if the guy's wide open for what have you. But you saw what happened, and you give Clay, or excuse me, Steph Curry, you give Steph Curry like a half a second with the ball, much less three, to get to over the half-court line, he's going to stick it at Oracle. And that was a five-point swing because, in my opinion, if, you know, you're splitting hairs when a guy scores 51 and he's carrying a team on his back. But I, th- I just thought going to halftime that LeBron should have, uh, you know, kept the ball himself no matter if all five of them were on him. In my opinion, with that supporting cast in the clutch moment, you can't facilitate unless it's a sure thing. That's just my opinion.
4: I agree because that was, that was a big play. And really, uh, just when you didn't think J.R. Smith could outdo himself – he he did again, and at the end of the game. But the, at the at the end of the first half, uh, he went for that steal whenever they threw it to Curry. And if he just stays in front of him, he can guard him. Instead, Curry had a wide open three. So I mean, two bonehead plays from Smith at the end of each half. Uh, I mean, essentially. And you're right. Uh, he should have. LeBron should have probably held onto the ball and not gave him a chance. Uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, that was. I, that's. You, you got to, like you say, you got to know your yep. situation. You're in the NBA. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of uh, buddy league and kids know situational stuff. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's in, like you said, it's unfortunate. I, and I don't have a really dog in the fight either. I mean, either I, I'd like to see a great series, but you kind of feel bad for Cleveland as well as they played last night and they still got beat. And uh, it looks, right. seems like they just right on the cusp of a making this uh series, you know, and uh now like you said, uh hey they have to win four out of six and that's gonna be a
0: really, really tall task. Agreed. Agreed. Um, where do we go from here? Do we wanna do we wanna expound on other topics in the basketball world or do we want to stay on this uh series?
1: Well there's really not much going on in the world of basketball right now. How about Mr Clangelo? Yeah. <laughs> murder's
2: account. Yeah. Other than that, you see, there was just yeah, I, maybe not quite ahead, breaking Tim. news, but some news now that they're looking into his wife
0: being part yeah, of that. yeah. Uh, he's still, to the last of my knowledge. See, I maybe one of the three of you can can solve something for me, and I'm in the market. And we we just had um, uh, help me, Nate. His first name from Liberty Ballers.
1: Oh, Mark.
0: Mark and Liberty Ballers. Matt, I'm sorry, Matt, if you're listening. I apologize. Um, We just had Matt on the other night, uh, you know, talking that it was leaked that the the numbers were connected to his wife. Um, However, the Ringer's original uh, story where he said he contacted the Sixers, the three numbers went dark, et cetera, and the representative got back and said a statement from Brian that, yes, I am responsible for one account. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, I believe it was. Uh, but the rest I have no clue or whatever. And he made some, you know, just GM kind of babble as to protect in the, in the exact statement. So if he's admitted to, to the one and uh, his wife's been linked to three others and, uh, you know, there's a gray area for the fifth or whatever. But, I mean, I, I think it's, as we said on the flagship show, and I'm a Colangelo supporter, other than that bonehead trade for faults for you know Jason Tatum and a pick. Um, but you know I, I loathed, and I can't say it loud enough, Sam Hankey's regime and his uh, his style of losing on purpose. To me, that just and I'm not. I've always scoffed at people who say the integrity of sports because. You know, there's so much that's behind the scenes that is anything uh, to be associated. Any word would not be integrity of all four major sports. But in this case, I, I gotta lean a little bit on that. I mean, it's 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 like losing on purpose. And I know it's not about Hinky. It's about Colangelo. But I I once said on Twitter that you know it was after he got Bellinelli and Ilyasova. You know, I'm riding with BC because you know at least he's finally making some moves and he signed JJ Redick to a one-year deal and everything else like that. Uh, when JJ wanted a three-year deal, so he's had some more positives in my opinion than the, than the former GM. But that said, going into the off-season, we are supposed to be a major player for LeBron James first. Secondarily, the uh, Kawhi Leonard, who I really don't want, believe it or not, because I, I question his mental stability, and uh, Paul George. And if you don't get something done with a stable GM who has credibility with NBA players and agents and so forth, I do not want to be stuck with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid while Ben Simmons is uh, dating one of the Kardashians and Embiid is <laughs> – playing street ball in Philadelphia and will probably turn an ankle by the time we get to the season, uh, et cetera. So I want a big free agent. I want, and I'm sure Brett Brown feels that same way with his new three-year extension. He's made it public. He wants a big piece. Uh, So if if I'm the Sixers owners who I've also been audibly uh, uh, on air, not pleased with because they own the New Jersey devils as well and it seems like that is their priority, and the, and the Sixers are a cash cow for them to flip the team, demand a new stadium. There's all kinds of rumors about where their heart lies. So I'm sorry for taking up so much time here, but we got me on the Sixers, and you know how I rant. Um, I really hope within the next 24 to 48 hours that, you know, respectfully, Mr. Colangelo, I do some dumb stuff on Twitter, but I'm not in your position. Uh, I, I would like I don't like to see anybody lose their job but he I don't think he's gonna hurt financially. So I, I think he should move on and hopefully we'll get I don't even know off the top of my head who the great candidates are out there if any of you can chime in on that. I just want somebody in here that knows basketball, knows talent and is respected and uh you know, let's move on. That's my opinion on that.
1: Well, I I can help you out on that. Your your big free agent pieces who will be probably available. Kevin Durant has a player option, and he's probably going back to Golden State. Um, LeBron James has a player option. He's up in the air. Nobody really knows where he's going. Uh, Paul George has an option, which we mentioned. He has a player option. Now, Chris Paul is an unrestricted free agent, but the Rockets have said that finding Paul back is going to be a priority. Uh, Boogie Cousins is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Clint Capella is a restricted free agent, so someone could go after Capella, offer him a max deal, and force the Rockets hand. Either they re-sign him and lose a lot of pieces, or they don't and let him walk. DeAndre Jordan has a player option. I don't know what he's thinking. Aaron Gordon will be a restricted free agent. Julius Randle Restricted. Zabari Parker will be a restricted free agent. Isaiah Thomas is unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, Isaiah Thomas in Philly would be an interesting fit. Um, other, Carmel Anthony has a player option. Um, Derek Favors, Trevor Ariza, both unrestricted free agents. There's a lot of players that will be available. J.J. Reddick will be unrestricted, so I don't know if Philly will want to try and re-sign him for cheaper, um, but there's a lot of uh, there's some good shooters coming up. Uh, here's a guy, T.R. I bet you'd love. Rajon Rondo will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Um, you, know, a lot of you know, I like crazy coming. people. You do, you do, and uh, I don't know, there's, there's some really good players coming up, so we could see a lot of uh, see a lot of movement, you know, and is another one uh, you guys might want to look at Dallinelli you might want to resign. Tony Parker actually is going to be an unrestricted free agent this year um, you know, who knows, there's a lot of options out there, uh, Nerlens Noel is unrestricted, no. Trevor Booker <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I like Trevor, but we already
1: had him too yeah, uh I'm just looking at the unrestricted free agents. There's a lot of players that are unrestricted free agents here. As I'm scrolling through the list, uh, Doug McDermott. If anybody needs a shooter, there's a guy. So, a lot of players available. But, honestly, I think the the top three guys, you're not going to get Durant. Uh, He's staying around. Paul George and LeBron are going to be the top two darlings. Uh, Chris Paul is going to be the guy that – He's going to stay where he's at and I think Clint Capella, I think the Rockets will uh, I think the Rockets are going to go ahead and re-sign him No matter what, they really like him And from what was told to us the other day On the flagship program on Wednesday The Suns are in love, Clint Capella So they may make a ridiculous offer for him Yeah, I think that's going to happen too
3: Yeah, so you may
1: look at a Capella getting a max deal. The Rockets are going to be really just imploding their roster, uh, trying to get rid of that Ryan Anderson deal, which has cost them a lot of money. And Eric Gordon may be moved. And you may see a lot of guys, because if is going to have his struggles, they may have to, and they need to try to keep P.J. Tucker. That Rocket team's got some moves to make. Uh, So we'll see what they can come up with for next season. It's going to be interesting offseason. Yeah, for sure. I well, mean, you
2: know what the Seventy Sixers are going to do? They're going to draft Leandro Ball. <laughs> yeah, oh, probably. They're going uh,
0: to draft uh,
2: Leandro Ball, and they're going to put him in the back Ball, Marquel Fultz, and they're going to have the most the most unique shooting tandem in the league.
0: Yeah, watch, uh, and uh, the, I'm piggybacking your joke, Tim. With the new GM will be Lavar. When they get rid of Kalamazoo,
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming. But good, yeah, no, well done. The
0: Sixers are going yeah. to take the process still to the big baller brand. Lord have mercy, I... oh, Jeff, what do yeah. you think objectively? Are You still with us? Yeah,
4: yeah, I'm here.
0: What? A, what? A, what? You know, my I'm dying with the Sixers here. I, you know, I love them. I, I think they're my they're team, to... but I get frustrated.
4: I think they're going to consider firing him. I think. I think it's a good chance he's going to get fired probably over this, even regardless if it's, if it's just his wife have. or whatever. I think they have to. Yeah, I think I, just, it's going I to think happen. they
2: have to. I just don't think they can ignore that.
4: Oh, that a, it was a, him, a,
2: his wife, whatever. But
4: that's the clown show, really. That that doing that, really. Yeah. And that, like you said, you know, it's a difference so as a fan doing that, maybe. But then you know somebody in that position doing it, that's you know. A lot different, and
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Is, because I think
4: he's done pretty good uh, getting some guys there. But uh, you know, I guess we have to be looking at some GM candidates
0: uh, who you think might be a good choice. Sam Hickey's uh, available. Stop! <laughs> I, I, if he comes on, I'll have a nerve. If he if he gets resigned somehow, I, I will have a probably um, permanent. Home in the Crozier Chester Mental Health Facility, to where uh, I just I just keep every time somebody says process or trust I just run my head randomly into a wall. (laughs) Oh man, that's funny, dude. But I can't think of any any real like killer basketball people, and I might be overlooking like a million just because it's so new of a story. Is there any killer basketball people out there that get it, a la Danny Ainge types?
1: I mean, you never know. There may be uh, – you, sh- you may end up with uh, somebody who's never had the job before coming in, like maybe a former player that's kind of working his way up through the office or maybe yeah, one kinda of the like Yeah,
4: yeah. kind of like John Lynch went to San Fran, something like
1: Yeah. That that's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I mean, it could be somebody that we have no clue who they are. Yeah, I hope so. And in
0: John John Lynch's case, I mean, uh, he landed uh, Garoppolo, and Reuben Foster just got cleared of all charges the other day. I, I know this is NBA talk, but uh, so, you know. They're they're locked and loaded, and uh, he was laughed at in the beginning, and you know they came out as an offer, but really finished strong uh, yeah. the last of the season. So, um, we're looking forward to that, and hopefully uh, within the next what do you say, guys? About thirty days, we'll have an announcement as far as when we're going to cover NFL and that that kind of thing. Probably, yeah.
2: Something like that, yeah. Yeah, cool. we we're,
0: um, we're getting into
2: that range where. It's getting close. Closer. Yeah, in the I field
0: point. goal range.
2: No pun. Well, I don't know. Not for you. Not for you. American football field goal kickers where forty plus is a challenge.
0: Oh wait, wait, wait. We you just brought up another thought in my in my head that you. Oh yes, there's, yes.
2: There's a story. You know what? I can. There's a story going on you.
0: as we speak, right?
2: Yes, I can probably even update you on that story live. Give me a second here.
0: Talk about it while oh. I am up. The Wimbledon, well, Tim,
1: World Series. I am intrigued.
0: Yes, very close. It's Tim's uh, neck of the woods above the border. Mister Johnny Manziel's debut is is tonight. I, oh. I assume he's
2: playing already. Oh, oh, yeah, he's much football return. Johnny Football. You it's got not it. Johnny Football, Tr. It's not Johnny
1: Football anymore.
0: It's Johnny Football, eh? <laughs> no, 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 not in not in
2: Ham not in Hamilton. Hamilton is like um uh Pittsburgh. It's in
1: Ontario. Yeah, steel, I
2: know you're big, gonna do steel, the... steel Steel no no joke. Steel steel town, uh blue collar, uh hard working, meaner shit people, like I said, like like across between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia maybe. And
0: there ain't no like A's London.
2: going on in there.
0: Wait a minute, I, okay. I'm, I'm I'm so I'm so half in and half out of this story. Which team is he signed with? Hamilton. Oh my lord, my friend uh, at, over there at Laughcast, our old home, Laughcast.com. If you guys, I'll give a free plug because they were so good to us in the beginning. Uh, my friend Steve Reese, a comic, uh, has a show he hosts called The Passive Aggressive Hour. And Steve is a, 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 a wonderful person, funny comic, a, a bit strange to where you never know if he's doing shtick or he's really—he's almost Andy Kaufman light. And he he had a live broadcast of the Grey Cup, for instance, to give you an idea of how you never know when he's being honest. But his favorite franchise is the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and he he says Oski Wee Wee, Oski Wawa. Tiger Cats, eat them <laughs> raw. And so I That's didn't it. know that that was that Johnny Football <laughs> signed with his team. So well, a shout-out yeah. to Steve Reese, and I'll and tag him so see. we'll get another listen maybe.
2: And here here you go. Here's the line on Johnny Manziel. Uh, he only played for a quarter. Uh, nine of 12 for 80 yards. Uh, two on the ground for 10 yards. And uh, in all words – a very successful uh, first attempt.
0: Don't sound bad on the stat sheet. That's so for sure. so good. Good day. You know what?
1: It's Maybe Canadian football.
2: Up. He may have grown up a little. <laughs> yeah, I've told you guys before. This oh, is hardly Jesus. he can he can win the Grey Cup, and that's hardly a comparison yet for NFL. But
3: I, I'm, I'm kind of happy to have, see the
1: guy do good. Guys in Canadian football can barely make the practice squad in the NFL. Let's not go pat him on the back yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, like
2: he could have used you know, home who? for
0: 10 for 0 right. yards.
2: So, I'll give the guy some credit. I mean, some. better than for a, me. Go, for I a mean, guy I that, that,
1: that I, I only You only did 12 what? in my debut. I only went 8 12 in my Canadian football debut so, you know. Did,
3: fuck. did you, you give, give it a up? Get out of Did the you up? of course. Yeah, you went
1: 8 to 12 on hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you give
3: Did you give up
0: the CFL for for the lucrative position here at Weidman Can't Jump? <laughs> well, it was
1: between it was between that or the CFL Hair Care Tire Center, so I decided that this would be
0: better. <laughs> oh God, we gotta we gotta pick up our self esteem and and the mood tonight because you know we had uh, the great Mick Foley to open the show with Tim, uh, so graciously stepped in and produced for the ailing internet of Nate um and we got our favorite caller on the line do we want to uh <laughs> Listen, we you wait? don't understand uh,
1: how popular you you don't understand the popularity of Jeff the caller you really don't there are, Jeff himself has fans that, that is true. true
0: wow he does good for you uh Jeff all I have is is hatred on the internet <laughs> which i i, I try <laughs> I try to portray in my own mind that I am a, a success because most successful people have such rotten, evil people saying such nasty things about them. So I, I take that as that I'm doing well, but in the real world, I, I, I guess it's better to have fans than people that want to murder me. Uh, so congratulations, Jeff the caller. Well, Eight, was Jeff, uh, there was
2: Jeff one the caller fan. is right up there with uh, Josh, the background guy, right?
1: <laughs> background: Josh Brown and Karen. Yeah, the they're trainee. kind of running neck and neck for, yeah. <laughs> What a
0: no, Who the
2: hell is Josh, the background guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. For, we'll, we will get a lot of uh, first-time listeners. Uh, thanks to Mix appearing, um, uh, but who's yeah. Ed? What is that, uh, Nate? Ed Ed. Uh, is Ed one of our? Uh, is it yeah, Ed, Ed with the?
1: Uh, I forget. Yeah. Okay. That. That. Yeah. Ed's, he's, Ed's the guy on. Ed's a guy on Twitter. He reviews every wide man can't jump and tells us how he did, and then uh, we thank him. Ed's a great guy. He's a. He's is, a very good. Uh, he's a big fan.
2: Is he the truck driver? No, no, it's uh, it's the... I know but. there's somebody who, who who drives truck who makes a lot of comments on there. I've seen.
1: Oh, I think that's I Nick. Remember. I think that's Nick. Okay, uh, could be. Shout uh, out to Nick, the Celtics fans. Uh, Nicholas Hoff, that. would that be? Yes. Nicholas Hoff? Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, yes. I love all you guys, man, That the Pate in a good way. Um, I don't even know if you guys are tuning in for Nate and Tim or even Jeff the Caller, but... I appreciate it anyway. I know I can be a little bit abrasive sometimes, but uh, the king of abrasive tonight is my man, Nate, since that Internet went down. I, uh, for once, you might get the heat, Nate.
1: Uh, send it my way. <laughs> the,
0: the, the
2: Canadian-Indian coalition is getting ready to <laughs> jump all over Nate. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, send it my
0: way. Nate Bush, we will get you. Should him. we uh, – I don't want to bring this to, a, to a, a really negative place, Jeff. Are you a pro wrestling fan by any chance?
4: Oh yes, yes. Uh, more right, or so, so there in the eighties and nineties, early two thousands, uh, kind of, kind of, I guess been a fair weather fan the last ten years. I go in and out of it, but uh, you know, I've I've followed it quite a bit when I was a youngster, and you know, I like I like it. So uh, it just it just depends. I still I still watch the Royal Rumble every year. Uh okay. that's my that's you my have, favorite uh yeah, it's my favorite no matter what, even if I haven't watched if I haven't watched wrestling in between Royal Rumbles I'll still get to Royal Rumble. <laughs>
1: so well, Jeff let me ask. Let me ask for the viewers at home. I want to see if you get this answer right. Okay. There's only one. There's only right. one answer here. What's the best Royal Rumble? Nineteen ninety two. Well, buddy, you nailed it hundred percent. You're right. Albany, New York. That's right. Albany at the Knickerbocker Arena.
2: Josh. Uh, you know, are. Jeff is actually a member of the
0: cult and Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I think Nate's the follower. He's you know, Nate has different. Or, roles or from time. We don't know a lot be, about Nate.
2: They're in the Royal Rumble cult apparently. they
1: yeah unbelievable
2: knowledge of Rumbles.
1: <laughs> you wait till I start. I know. Wait till I start, to, wait till I start on the Wide Men Network, the Wide Men Can't Royal Rumble. All right, you're you're gonna hear some knowledge, okay? <laughs> I know. I know
0: you know that. I know you know that more than anything. You you've you've told me that in private and on air. And what's crazy is that you guys just rattled off the best one uh, in 1992. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was live just, you know, how many years ago in Philadelphia, just see, I can't even remember what year, year it was this past year, what uh, this past
1: year?
0: not, not, not this past year. I don't, was I there? No, I, I chose, I chose to go to NXT that, that weekend. Oh, okay. As opposed to the rumble, but the famous one where, uh, Roman went over and the whole building was rooting, wanting Daniel Bryan. Oh, that was, uh,
1: 2015.
0: Yeah, I attended live, and I don't remember anything from that match or that show other than Rey Mysterio was put in a very bad position.
1: Um, well, no, no, that know. wasn't good, though. Oh, no, that was Batista. Batista won the – I think you're getting Rumbles mixed up.
3: How are Mysterio you getting
1: mixed up, or am I? You, not me.
0: The 2004 uh, I got Rumble my Rumble mixed on,
1: up. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, two thousand. No, there was a more recent one. Two
1: thousand and two thousand Philadelphia. Two thousand fifteen Roman one. Uh,
4: fifteen, and then yeah. yeah, that's the one. Didn't the come out
1: at thirty? No, that was two thousand fourteen. That was in Pittsburgh. Batista won that rumble. Yes. I was at that. So, one. so we
0: had two two straight years of angry people. About Royal Rumbles and wanted and one in Pittsburgh and um, one in Philly.
2: You saw Roman Reigns beat, uh, eliminate Rusev in Philadelphia.
0: Yep. And, but he was, he had, uh, like, you you can't, and The Rock came out to endorse him and was still booed, et cetera. That was <laughs> yeah. mine.
2: And, and couldn't
0: believe it. Yeah. I you mean, know, you Rock think about sad. that. Um, and, and, my, my overall point was not to reminisce about that, but it's it's either really um, disturbing that I can't remember something I, I was at live just three years ago, and you guys rattled off 1992 like it was nothing.
4: The best
1: one. You remember the best. There was a time. I, thought, I thought
4: it was one of the greatest moments in Rick Flair's career, so uh that's and he was I was a big fan of him, so that's one reason why I, I remember it. I still um, remember the
1: undercard. I could name the undercard right now if I had to. That's sad.
0: I mean I, I don't think it's sad, I think it's it says a lot for your memory and so forth, and maybe that fact that you only have a couple drinks every great once in a while as opposed to me when I was twenty eight <laughs> going a couple of drinks every couple hours. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with that whole memory thing. Uh, but I, I don't want to bring the show downward, but something very tragic happened today slash, uh, early morning, late last night in the world. Granted, it's not a, uh, a huge WWE like story, but, uh, one of the persons involved, uh, works for the WWE as enhancement talent, uh, The Rockin' Rebel, who I first met in about 1984 or 5. He is from neighboring Havertown originally, which is very close to Clifton Heights. Uh, I had a personal pre-wrestling relationship through uh, brother-in-laws and so forth, and uh, got him over the Monster Factory and that's a fact that I never really put out there. And quite frankly, I'm a little ashamed. I mean, he he may have remembered it differently. Nonetheless, uh, he's he's a guy who I liked who was at my 21st birthday party with his uh, then-girlfriend, Stephanie, who was always sweetheart and nice to me. And when I start working in the independence as a manager, His demeanor towards me totally changed, and he was, in my opinion, a jerk-off and a dick. And I say this for a reason because it's leading to something that I'm not very happy about. And uh, Anyway, uh, I last saw him at a show in neighboring Briarcliff. He he obtained a promoter's license from the State Athletic Commission, which a lot of promotions, including uh, the ECWs and even TNA, I believe, borrowed – rented whatever you want to call it to run their shows in, in pennsylvania in the state um he tragically did a murder suicide with his uh same stephanie from 30 years ago that he's been with his oldest son found the bodies it was uh eerily similar to a chris benoit situation minus oh, wow. the uh death of a child and uh you know he he used the gun and it was uh very upsetting situation. To me, at first, I want to apologize for some of my Facebook and uh, Twitter comments on this situation because I honestly I, I wasn't a big fan of, of Chuck Williams, A.K.A. the Rock and Rebel, in recent years. When I last saw him, I kind of wanted to egg uh, on a physical confrontation, uh, if I'm being honest, because uh, I'm twice the size of him now, and he, he kind of potated me in a for wrestling non-wrestling fans that means he punched me for real in the earlobe when we were allegedly friends and uh our bodies changed dramatically and things changed and I I I was not a big fan and uh and you know uh you know his actions this morning kind of uh confirmed my feeling about him and I I just but but to go back to the apology in my personal, in my personal feelings got in the way of the fact that a mother of three children was killed and three children are left without a mother and a father. And that's the bigger picture. So I am very, uh, my deepest condolences to those affected, uh, in, in, in this recent event. Uh, so I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, it
1: was a sad, sad thing. And I hate to hear of anything like that happening to anybody. So our condolences definitely go out on that.
2: Um, I'm just going to throw this out here because it seems to happen a lot when this kind of thing goes down. Uh, I haven't really read much about this, uh, except it was they're still saying apparent. Uh, now I just saw there's another article that came out that still says apparent, and that the police are still investigating. So, not saying yay or nay about any of it, but it kind of sounds like maybe there might be a few more details that need to come out on this story before uh, we put the final nail in this guy for, you know, it was a murder-suicide. To, is there a possibility that this murder-suicide was, uh, was the other way around uh, than the one that it, where the route were taken? Um,
0: uh you know i uh, you know uh, maybe that's irresponsible of me uh, if 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 the report now um, i saw maybe an erroneous report where i thought it was uh confirmed but if it, if it's currently saying apparent and uh, earlier in the day it said likely a murder well, this suicide one is, and it's still this one
2: is from definitively two, 2 hours ago it says apparent murder suicide and under still under an investigation the story is still developing so I'm not saying there is anything more. It might turn out that that's exactly what happened. But uh, let's, I don't know. I, I, we know from some other stories that sometimes, you know, what comes out in the first couple hours or in the first part of the day is kind of usually the shock reaction. I mean, we'll take it back to the Enzo thing where, you know, everybody had him buried in 10 minutes or just about everybody. So and kidding. release. Uh, you know, and, yeah, and then it turned out, you know, that that story was not exactly as initially reported. So, I'm um, say maybe just take a step back and let's see you know, if there's any more details. And, if you know, if the guy actually did it, well, we can scum him out <laughs> at a later date. But, yeah, I mean, a horrible thing regardless of what happened there. But, you know, because just like you said, kids without parents is never a good scenario, so.
1: Well, yeah. I'll say this. Um, I know this has kind of brought the show down, so I'm going to try and bring it back up a little bit. Is that okay? Or you guys need to finish something on this?
3: No, no, good, no.
0: I, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> it, it may have been poor choice uh, on my timing. I'll have to listen back and, and see if it was a poor decision no, no, to bring not. it up in the first place. But it, it, it happened Fine. today, and it's fresh on my mind and so forth. So.
1: So, it's been released now that um, what happened in the game last night, um, J.R. Smith was actually trying to pass the ball to Kyrie Irving. Uh, during uh, the game, he, he didn't realize that Kyrie wasn't God. there. So. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs>
1: that is a joke, though.
0: So. <laughs> it It was. <laughs> You know, that brings up an interesting topic, though. Um, game two. Uh, you know, we pretty much went, uh, went every which way around game one. But game two now, J.R. Smith's role. Um, I haven't even thought about this, so I'm throwing it out to you three. What, uh, I mean, we've all had our questions. Who, who runs the team, whether it's the owner and, or LeBron or, or Tyrone Liu? Is Tyrone a figurehead, and is LeBron – LeBron certainly has more power than any other single player in the NBA. Um, What what do the Cavs do? Do they just say, all right, shake it off, shit happened, it's in the past? Does J.R. Smith start in game two for the the Cavs? I think he starts, but he's on a short leash.
1: Okay. That's my take. I mean – Here's the thing, you could Psychologically, punish Psychologically, I think he's
4: on a short leash. Sorry, Nathan.
1: No, you're fine, you're fine. You can
3: punish him all
1: you want. <laughs> What's it going to do? Like, who are you going to put in there instead of him? Jordan Clarkson? You, Jordan Clarkson already proved he can't handle it. Rodney Hood is, has been missing in action since the playoffs began. Uh, Kyle is only good in spurts, and he's a defensive liability. So, J.R. Smith's better than him on defense. I mean, who are you going to put in there? You almost have to just kind of shake it off and move on.
0: So, no, I mean, you bad. had another no, option,
1: so. maybe. But,
0: you know, <laughs> you got to right. stick Tim, with it. Tim, after your take, I do have a comment on what Nate said, but go ahead, Tim. Okay. Um,
2: this is what's going to happen. LeBron will take the tip off. LeBron will get possession. LeBron will score. LeBron will defend whoever has the ball for Golden State. LeBron will rebound. LeBron will score. He probably won't let anyone touch the ball tomorrow, <laughs> unless he
0: has to. In a perfect world, he could okay. clone himself,
2: right? Uh, well, uh, I, I say is, that. I say that way, jokingly. I say it jokingly, yeah. but in a way, I'm I'm sort of not joking because if he doesn't score 65 points tomorrow or Saturday, whatever the
0: game is, Sunday, um,
1: yeah, they probably on aren't
2: gonna win.
0: Uh, or, as as Nate pointed out, they played you know pretty well, and Kevin Love played well early on, especially. Um, Larry Nance, one play was very. Uh, I got to go back on the DVR and watch it again. Um, we were on air, Tim and I, when the when the sports centers and such were on. So I don't know if they highlighted it. At one point, Larry Nance had a, a play that just flew over the announcers' heads. Uh, I believe LeBron was the inbound. Nance leaped over someone, like fully leaped over them to get the inbounds pass and, and then put it in for, like, a layup or a tap or something. But uh, it was totally missed by the announcers. They said, you know, good bucket by Nance. But he cleared a, a, another defender, like, like almost like a dunk contest leap. Uh, it was somewhere, I believe, in the second quarter. And uh, also, Nate, the point you made earlier about the third quarter with the Warriors, Sixers had them. Maybe twice, but definitely once. They had them by twenty-five here, and the, the place was rocking. And I said, you know, and earlier in the season they 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 were notorious this year for blowing leads. And, leaves, and I, I said to myself, I've seen this movie before. And sure enough, by the end of the third quarter, Golden State was up about eight.
1: Yeah, I mean. And, if- it's just Golden State dominates coming out of the half. But honestly, Cleveland played really well coming out of, of the half. It was better than I expected. Now, I'll say this. I think Golden State played poorly in the first half, and that's why Cleveland was able to hang with them. But if you give Cleveland, especially LeBron, if you give LeBron confidence and you leave shooters open and they actually knock down the shots, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland can make it make it, a game out of it. I don't think they will, but if Golden State shoots that poorly again, there's going to be a problem. I,
0: I have one one comment on a guy you brought up, uh, the man they obtained from Utah, uh, who was in that whirlwind of trades and mixed three way trades and yeah that. That whole deal where everybody ended up in like eight different cities. But um, Rodney Hood is somebody I was very high on. And Donovan Mitchell emerged, Mitchell rather, emerged in Utah. And we all saw that they they ended up with a pretty good squad even without Gordon Hayward as far as from a town perspective. But I expected Rodney Hood. I've seen Rodney Hood play very well. And there was the one situation which I'm I'm kind of half remembering where he refused to enter a game while he was playing for Cleveland. Uh, there might be a – like, he's a talented guy. There might be a lot, a lot going on with Rodney Hood that we don't know about. Has anybody heard anything about his uh, relationship with the Cavs? Hold on.
1: I'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I, I
4: thought All he right, played well, pretty I... well after the trade He that he played – had some quality minutes there, but uh, I haven't—you haven't really heard his name much in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that's what—that's what's mysterious to me because, I, like you, Jeff, I—you I, know—I was high on him. I'm wondering why he was moved to the sixth man, so to speak, for for Utah, and and I know he's got talent, and then he come over, and everybody was fresh, and you know when they first came over, everybody was playing well from Clarkson to. To, all of them, uh, Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, George Hill, et cetera, all had decent games in the b- very beginning. And I guess when everybody started, you know, watching tape of them and so forth and preparing for them, it changed a little bit. But but Hood Hood, is the guy of the four that I thought was going to come over and make the most, at least offensively, the most impact. And it's like he has, he's a non-factor. He's not even right. in rotation. Right. Um, yeah. So you know, I don't I don't know if there's more to meet the eye. There, he's just not well, person or whatever.
1: If I'm reading, if I'm reading this correctly, um, on May tenth, it was said that he apologized to his teammates after a um, he was supposed to go in. There's seven minutes left in the fourth quarter against Toronto, and Lou, Tyrone Lou tried to put him in, and he refused. And told him to send in um, Jose Calderon instead. And I believe he just got on Lou's bad side, so he's just not been playing him. Yeah, I mean. Just just got it. Tristan Thompson has been fined for the altercation at the end of game one, and I believe that's all. There will be nothing else. So he should be eligible to play for game two. His flagrant two was downgraded to a game, to a flagrant one. So he will be playing.
0: All right, that's good news. At least they'll be, for lack of a better term, they'll be at full strength. Uh, Here's here's just something I'll throw out there. I mean, we can wind down whenever you guys want to, but, you know, uh, any – you think there's any – Regrets at Cleveland at all of any of the moves that they that they uh, made, maybe like even just having a Dwayne Wade uh, on your bench, uh, even if it's that one player that they may have kept. Or I mean, of course, there's money to factor in and stuff like that, how the cap works out when they made the the big change. But as we saw against Philadelphia, um, Dwayne can turn it on still. He, he's not, you know, the Dwayne Wade. Of old he he's reinvented himself to to you know take over offensively at, at times um, do you think if Wade were still there uh this is just a wild hypothetical you know if, you know obviously he can't change what's currently existing, but could they have used Wade last night or or do you think Wade would have just been you know a non factor that's
4: that's tough, because you think he could be, like you said, he played against Philly, but could he have done that with LeBron on the team? You know, how would they work that out? They worked really well in Miami, but as he's gotten older, um, and he, like you said, he's not the same. He doesn't play the same amount of minutes. Would that would that uh, mix up? How would that? How would the uh, chemistry be there? That's what you have to ask. So, uh, I mean, his presence might be, if he's coming off the bench, something like that, might be, be necessary, and uh, but he could he could have been a factor. It's just hard. It's really it's really difficult to say. I was I was kind of surprised he played as good as he did against Philadelphia in that one game. Really, yeah. I just I mean, it was just,
0: hypo, it was just a hypothetical there, uh, Nate. You had a comment.
1: Yeah, I think there's a guy that they could really use, and this name's going to shock a lot of people. Um, that if they would have kept him especially with uh with the way Tristan Thompson plays and with the the lack of being able to stretch the floor and they're relying on Larry Nance to be that guy and Larry Nance just isn't that guy um a guy that they could really use would be Channing Frye who they traded um he's he's a big dude he's you know about six foot ten six eleven maybe maybe a little shorter um to shoot the lights out from three as a big guy. Uh, he would help stretch that floor out. Imagine yeah. if you have LeBron bringing the ball up. You put Smith. You put Kyle Korver. You put Kevin Love. You put Channing Frye all out on the wing. That's a wide open lane every day of the week. And if you, if they double, you kick. You got four shooters. I think Channing Frye would make a, a world of difference in this series if they kept him be, because now they don't have that that five that can really shoot the three.
0: Interesting take. Uh, and that's kind of why I brought it up as a hypothetical. Obviously, you know, you can't cry over spilled milk. You can't change the past. And they're, they're going with what they're going with. But, you know, uh, I just – I'm just – I'm finding a way to bitch and moan about them losing without actually coming out and bitching and moaning. And I rooted for the Celtics against them, and I rooted for the Sixers against the Celtics, so I don't know what the hell I'm rooting for at this point.
2: Do you think that, like, even, like, that LeBron wouldn't mind even somebody that could go out there? I mean, I don't even know who. So that he didn't have to play every last second of every game? he could at least maybe yeah. get a break. He looks tired sometimes to me. And he's still carrying them and all that, and he's great and all that. Don't get me wrong. But there are times where he looks like he is exhausted out there.
4: Yeah. I think he's I'm, – I'm like Tim. I I, I think he's um, – at certain times on defense, and you could see it in the Celtics series too, that although he was out on the floor, he wasn't put in his effort, and he was actually taking – I guess taking plays off, as Randy Walsh used to say. Uh, but you know, a guy plays forty-eight minutes. He's got, I think he deserves a few
1: plays off here. And there. It, takes, it takes a guy like Randy Moss to point out people taking taking plays off. I sure know that Randy Walsh, He was the best. At it.
0: Nate, you're in a barrel. He, yeah, Nate, your audio went a little bit, but uh, we did hear you. Is that better? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do you guys want to do? You want to take it home?
2: Yeah, we got thir- we got thirteen minutes left. So, somebody want to wrap her up, or if we got anything left to kick, I don't know. Uh, how about uh, I, I think game two? Game two. Uh, who's who's winning?
0: Prediction yes, of one. of a final score. Let's squirt. have some game two predictions, quick. Uh, I'll go last.
2: Oh yeah, you like to go last.
0: Um fine I can no go pun.
2: First. I can go first. Uh I'm going to say we see a much better effort from uh Golden State. Uh LeBron does what he does, but it's just not going to be enough and uh Golden State uh, will will get her done. Uh 115 to
4: 102 Warriors. a oh, score! Uh, I like that.
1: I'll take Golden State, and I'll leave it on your betting line. I'll take Golden State giving up twelve and a half. Oh, that's
4: wow, the line, right?
1: I didn't even know that was a line. That was pretty close to it. A... You nailed it,
0: Jeff. Yeah. Jeez. They're
4: giving up twelve and uh, a
1: half. I'll take Golden State.
0: Regretfully, I will still be tweeting and Facebooking like good play, LeBron. Great thing, Kevin Love. Awesome, this. I hate Draymond, but I thought if I'm on air predicting, I can't. I can't. I got to I gotta say I'm leaning towards, uh, you know, uh, everybody so far in that that was their opportunity, and whoever you want to blame or collectively, they blew it. And Golden State may have had a little bit of a wake-up call and are going to come out uh, very wide awake. And I think we'll see a uh, return of the missing Kevin Durant that we're we're used to. And Yeah. Uh I'm saying Golden State by twenty.
2: Okay. By twenty. I just checked the the Vegas odds are uh, eleven and a half for Golden State. Well, and and I down a point? 11, 11.5, I just looked. And the over under is two fifteen and a half. So
1: Hmm. Uh, it
0: went it went down a point from Nate's original line, so that's I just, as of betting, as of
2: eight o'clock. So that was forty minutes ago, my 40. time. Yeah, I, I,
0: the betting I, I, public the is voting for Cleveland.
1: I still say yeah. Warriors 12 by twenty. I I take Golden State. I think Golden State wins by eighteen easily.
0: And we got Jeff on the record by 13 and just, I don't just know to make it, it I, I'm easy I'm only going to
2: give him, I'll give him a victory, but I'm only going to give him one by about 10. I don't think it's going to be quite that simple.
0: They're going to win. So, so Tim D'Ambrova's Canadian money, Tim D'Ambrova's Canadian dollars are I have to go with as the much as else. <laughs> I have to
2: pay. as much as else. I have to bet 200 to your guys' is 100.
0: Wow. Okay. That makes it interesting. Well, something fun to talk about as far as that goes. Uh, that Jeff, yeah. myself, and Nate picked the Warriors to cover, and Tim picked the Cavs to cover. And if it's come down to, cover, to that, if it's come down to that, then at least we'll have uh, something fun if it's a blowout. Something to talk about. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We will Be thank back you to McFoley.
1: Hi. Yeah, it's Mick Foley. Yes, Mick Thank you so much. We will definitely have a lot to talk about on Sunday night. I assume we're going to go live as soon as the game's over. right, gentlemen? Sounds like a plan.
0: Yeah, it will be a,
2: a Sunday night roundtable countdown, NBA whatever, mishmash.
0: And, Jeff, okay. as always, you're always welcome. You're our favorite okay. caller. Um, right. we, we might not I, take I, up all your night like we did tonight, but thank you again. I
2: didn't realize. A, I, I, I apologize because I didn't realize it was you. But I couldn't put oh, you on fine. while Foley was while Foley was talking. But I couldn't oh, get no, no, I, so. I enjoyed
4: listening to it. To be
2: honest, so uh, uh, my my the, apologies for letting you hang there, though. Cause if I, 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 I'm on like 15, I just listen
4: to the show. It's fine, or I'll watch TV and no problem. To show, fine, TV and, no problem. And you all too. Uh, Don't uh, I, bad just, I, I had uh, 45
2: minutes the other night.
4: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I washed clothes, dishes, all kinds of stuff, and then I came back and I was still. It was fine though. I got. We got a little trivia for you. More of a comment, uh, statement, though, about it, uh, real quick. Uh, I believe I'm correct on this. Somebody might want to fact check me, though. But I believe in 1966, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup, the Boston Celtics won the NBA championship, and Bill Shoemaker won the Kentucky Derby. The same three things happened in 1986, 20 years later. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Interesting.
2: I'd have to look that up. I don't dispute the Montreal Canadian part of it. That's probably
0: accurate. The, oh, the part, right.
1: yeah.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Jeff always has some, some little-known facts, trivia questions, et that that Maybe Jeff, if, hmm. you, if you if you feel like it, Jeff, maybe we could, uh, you know, in not not right now, but maybe down the line, we could. Uh, Get like a, a bunch of trivia questions maybe have some listeners like compete or something like that or or just make a, me and Nate look dumb like you do every week are yeah,
2: you I was going to bust that with uh, Montreal won the cup in 1986
0: who did they beat Uh-oh. uh oh uh, the reason
2: I ask is because it was actually an all Canadian final that all year all the Oilers. no no, oh. no. Be you're close league? though Close? You're extremely close with Edmonton.
4: Um, the
1: Winnipeg. Calgary.
2: Calgary, there you go. Calgary, Calgary okay,
1: cool. cool. Go me okay. geography.
4: Yeah, I bet. I bet <laughs> Nate can name the. I bet Nate. We was talking about the Royal Rumble. I bet Nate can name the 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 thirty that came out in order in
1: 1992. Oh God. Oh God. I probably
0: <laughs> I think we'll save that riveting radio <laughs> for our wrestling show.
2: I went to the to the basketball podcast and a nerd festival
1: broke out. <laughs> hey. I used to be able to. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched Naughty Two, so we have to do that.
0: Oh boy.
4: I got so fast.
0: What was that?
4: I say I may call in Sunday night at uh though and uh, oh, it's good it's a good show. Feel good it's good
0: it was awesome listen of to Holy
4: tonight. Huh? Yes, sir. Thanks uh,
0: for calling man. Okay. Tim you wanna take us uh to to the to the uh place of sanity known as when we're not all talking to each other. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know what that is, but when I, is I, that? I, I
0: mute you all and talk
2: to myself for the last five minutes sir
0: uh, nah, I, just, I, I, I think it's time to wrap this one up because it, uh, we we beat game one to death. So
2: yeah, there's there's not much left to say about game one.
1: And then next time uh, we yeah. beat off to game two. I mean, least,
2: beat game two to death. <laughs> well, you know, there. I mean, the chances. Let's be honest. The chances of game two having the same types of controversies as game one are probably not very good. No, no. Game no.
1: one was one of the game ones I've ever seen. Truthfully, so
2: you know, probably should count our lucky stars that the first game was actually there was something to talk about, and it wasn't, a, you know, a thirty-five point blowout or something like that where there really wasn't much to say.
1: Yeah, for real. Well,
2: hey, I, from a from a show point of view, I'm part of me kind of hopes uh, Cleveland wins tomorrow. Yeah. That and that makes yeah. for a much better storyline headed back to Cleveland for game three as opposed to the That's two very nothing, true. but but we probably won't get that lucky but, but from a show point of view it'd be nice to see it go seven actually. Six in overtime LeBron, games yeah. headed
4: to game seven. Yeah. In LeBron's nine career uh finals he's one and eight in game ones.
0: Wow. There you
4: go. Poor LeBron.
2: That poor fellow well, gentlemen, on that note, we're going to wrap it up and from the
1: – If I'm right, if I'm right, wasn't the one, the first game one that he won, didn't they lose that series? Was that against the Mavs? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was against the Mavericks. I thought I that he know. won the first two, and then the Mavs
4: came back. Um, I know they were up two to one in the series at one time, and the Mavs won three straight to win. I do know that. Yeah. I don't know I, how – I don't I know mean, if –
1: let me fact check that real quick. I don't uh, want uh, to they, they may have.
4: They may have won game uh, one and game
1: three, but lost game two and then. I'm four sorry, Tim. <laughs> I don't
2: know. Uh, this happens every time. I'm so used to it. <laughs> uh, let
4: me
1: see let here.
4: All right, John Beeline and Jawan Howard are supposed to. Uh, uh, interview for the head coaching vacancy at
0: Detroit. I did see that Howard I didn't see B Live but I did see Howard, yeah. That'd be that'd be an interesting uh interesting hire. Yeah.
1: Yes, Miami Miami won game one and game three and then Dallas won game two, four, five and six. So yeah, so, that's the only one he's was, ever won. won. That's the only game one he's ever won. So we'll see. All right. Tim, you can finish
0: your outro. Did you
2: know, Nate, too, that the, there was a dark match at the 1988 Royal Rumble in Hamilton? It Are you guys There was a CFL match between uh, Vinny Testaverde and Vince Ferragamo. And the, the Ferragamo did the job for Vinny Testaverde. Did you know that? Well, did you know
1: they actually tested the Royal Rumble concept, not in oh, Hamilton, geez. where it took place? They tested it in St. Louis, and that was booked by... by Vince Strongbow. It was booked by uh, Jay Strongbow, yes. and the Jay Strongbow aspect of it, the first Royal Rumble was actually a fail.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we, we have the first case of verbal diarrhea.
0: The greatest also, show in our history has evolved into a bullshit session.
2: <laughs> as, as always does. It has fallen to its death in a horrible manner yet again. So, as usual, the wide men limp away from the table.
3: That's (laughs) it for
2: another edition of the whatever this was. Um, Thanks for listening. Anybody else going to talk for a minute and a half after we close the show up? (laughs) Peace.
0: Later.
1: There was no dark match at 88. (sighs) Oh, God.